0: let's read uh, Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 through to 25 and it's entitled in my Bible the birth of Jesus Christ this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph but before they came together she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit but Joseph her husband was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace jesus what an incredible passage of scripture and the verse that i want to focus on today is verse 21 she will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name jesus the name jesus means savior it's derived it's the a a greek uh, way of saying the jewish word uh, yeshua which means savior because he will save his people from their sins who are his people at this point in time his people were the Jews but we are his people and it's incredible and I was just thinking about his people because it says that he will come to save his people from their sins and and really this thought uh, just sort of captured me as I was preparing for today and I was thinking about the different kinds of people that Jesus would have come across in his day the Jewish people firstly the pharisees the pharisees were the students of the law people of the word but the pharisees were pious and self-righteous people they were good at telling other people what to do but they were not so good at doing it themselves and uh, then there were the sadducees one commentator uh, said that they were deists and skeptics okay what does that mean A theist, a theist is somebody who believes in God. An atheist is someone who has no belief in God. These were deists, somebody who believed in God, but maybe not in the the same way that we do. Why did the commentator say that? Because they didn't believe in spiritual beings or they didn't believe in the resurrection. Acts chapter 23 verse 8 says this, the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor nor spirits, but the Pharisees acknowledged them all, okay? I'm sure as we begin to look at these categories of people, that we will see this in the world today. Then there are the Essenes, people of the whip, as I've called it, people who are into purity and holiness, asceticism, which is all about uh, beating yourself down and beating yourself into subjection, And uh, there were people who wanted to separate themselves out to be holy and practicing self-abasement. The Essenes would be the people who would be into fasting for days and days and days, okay? So these are the types of people. But that's not all. There were other people in Jesus' day called zealots. I've called them people of work. People who wanted justice for the oppressed. And they were out to get back at their enemies' and to oppose the man, as it's called. You've maybe heard that expression, the man, the powers that be. They wanted to get back at the man. And then lastly, another group of people who have called the peasants, people of the land, the oppressed, the poor, the sick, and the needy, who are just trying to go on with life, eking out a living, but they were not perfect either. And there's all these different types of people that Jesus would have come across in his day and it's to all of these people that Jesus came to forgive their sins all of them let's think about the background to where Jesus came in okay here's Jesus over here but let's go back a little bit to the first kings of Israel a man called Saul who became the first king God rejected him eventually and was born to Bathsheba. You all know the story about Bathsheba, the woman who David saw from the rooftop and he ended up uh, having relationships with her. And then after this, the kingdom became divided into two different areas, the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom. And in these kingdoms, they had a number of different kings. Eight out of 20, of the southern kings did any form of good and one out of 19 of the northern kings did anything that was good in god's sight all the others turned to idol worship turned to worship and all sorts of strange things all sorts of strange practices and encouraging the people to do the same thing <clears throat> into this or from this should i say they went into captivity the northern Tribes went into captivity in Assyria. The southern tribes, Benjamin and uh, Judah, went into exile in Babylon. So they were taken away as captives into their own land. These nations were taken over eventually by the Medes and Persians, Medo-Persians. Eventually, they were superseded by the Greeks and then the Romans began to take over. And their reign lasted for hundreds and hundreds of years. Even Rome was divided, but that's another story. And it's into this that Jesus was born. Centuries of oppression. Centuries of the man coming and putting these people down. These people called the Jews. Centuries of it. Not just a few years. Can you imagine living under oppression for centuries? Let's put it into context today. Us living under oppression, under a government that... um, wanted to keep us subject to their rules that we maybe didn't agree with. And it's into this that God made a promise. We need to go all the way back to Genesis, to God's promise to Abram where he said, so shall your offspring be. When did he say that? He said that when Abraham was encouraged to go outside his tent and look at the stars and count them. And it's not like us looking at the stars, surrounded by so much natural ambient light. Go to a place where there's no streetlights, where it's totally dark, or go and trip the power somewhere and switch all the lights out, and go outside in a clear night. It also says, I am the Lord who brought you out of, earth, earth of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. This was the promise, and yet this was the reality. They had disobeyed God; they'd went into captivity, and still. They're under oppression. They're now under the impression of the Roman Empire. And it's into this that Jesus says, you need to have your sins forgiven, all under the impression, the oppression of Rome. The scripture doesn't read this, because he will save his people from their oppressors. It doesn't say that, although that's what the people were expecting. And even after the resurrection, when Jesus is talking to the disciples, they're still asking him, Acts chapter 1 verse 6, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Still looking for deliverance from the oppressors of their day. I think it can be like that for us today as well. Looking for deliverance from those who oppress us. Think about this. And it's very easy to take sides, thinking about yes. okay, Anybody remember being in school and being bullied, yes. okay, quite a number of people remember being bullied, yes. I remember my first experience of one of the bullies in my school, which was Uddingston Grammar, big guy, he was much bigger than me, but most people are, that's another story, <laughs> big guy called Ronnie, he stayed up in View Park, and uh, Ronnie and I just so happened to be going for the same desk in the English class, okay? So Ronnie came down and sat on this side of the desk, and I sat on this side, and we're both trying to push each other off the desk. You know those desks where you had a seat that was attached to the desk? You do this? Not like a seat these days, so you guys who are young and go to school just now are just out, you'll not know what I'm talking about. It was like a wooden thing. And I was trying for all my might to get this guy off the other end of the seat, But he was bigger than me, and he won. So I had to go and find another seat. My first experience with the bully, and there was quite a number of bullies in my school, and I just so happened to be able to get on with most of the bullies for some strange reason. Um, But think about this. Think think about this whole thing about being bullied. The person who's left on the outside, the person who's mistreated, the person who's uh, abused physically, Uh, emotionally, whatever it might be, verbal abuse, the person who's on the outside. And we tend to quickly take sides, don't we? You look at a photograph like that, and who do we feel sorry for? We feel sorry for the wee girl who's on her own. Isn't it a shame? She's being bullied, she's being put out on the edge, away from her friends, if she has any friends. And we tend to take sides very, very quickly. But the reality is that even the people who are bullied might be bullying somebody else. Did you ever find that in school? Even the people who were bullied, and it's quite easy to happen, by the way. If somebody's given me stick, I could quite easily go and give somebody else stick off the back of it. Oh, Can not beat him? But I'm going to beat you. And. Think about that. That's what it was like in in this day for the Jewish people as well. They wanted to be free from the people who were oppressing them, but actually they were oppressing each other as well. Think about the story that Jesus told, the story of the unmerciful servant. Do you remember that story? Where somebody's owed a great debt to his master. The master pulls him in and he says, if you don't pay this debt, I'm gonna throw you in prison until you have paid off this debt. And the man begs for mercy from his boss. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry, I'll pay you back. And the boss lets him away with it. But that's not the end of the story. The man goes out and he finds one of his fellow servants who owes him way less it's the difference between a million pounds and a hundred pounds according to the story that jesus told and he finds this man and he says you owe me a hundred pounds you know you need to pay me back and the man's like i'm really sorry i'll pay you back just give me more time and what does he do rather than show the same mercy which he has been shown he forces the man to pay him back he throws him into prison until he can pay him back and then the boss hears about this see here's the thing there's always somebody watching there's always somebody watching every thought every motivation of our hearts god sees it all in this case the boss sees what's happening he pulls the servant back in and he gets stuck into him and he throws him in prison how dare you how dare you How dare you oppress your fellow servant when you have been shown mercy? And it was like that in Jesus' day. People who were under the oppression of Rome, who were being bullied, if you like, but they were also bullying the other people round about them. Jews under oppression. Jews looking for a saviour. And the reality is that into this situation, Jesus comes and it says that He will save His people from their sins. Let's go back to that little verse again. Oops, I've maybe went on too far. Go back. He will save His people from their sins. Even the person who is oppressed, even the person who is bullied, the person that we would naturally feel sorry for the person who would naturally want to on their side even that person Jesus died to save them from their sins that's why Jesus came into the world listen to what Jesus said about the Pharisees he says the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses seat so you must obey them and do everything they tell you when it's in the word of God, we need to put it into practice. But Jesus says this. He says, don't, uh, but don't do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Jesus came to see, save everybody from their sins. The oppressed and the oppressors. Not just the Jewish people, not just the peasants but the Pharisees and the Romans as well. You see, the reality is that all people, and this is what the Bible says, all of us have fallen short of God's standard. All of these different people groups who were around in Jesus' day have fallen short of God's standard. We have fallen short of God's standards, regardless of where we fit in the big picture of things. Those in power, fallen short. Those who are rich have fallen short. The poor have fallen short. Those who have needs have fallen short, every single one of us. And it made me think about the church's mission. Now we'll go onto this slide. The church's mission, and we articulate it this way, is to be Christ-centered and community-focused. That means reaching people with the gospel. It means winning people for Jesus. It means growing people into disciples. And serving people in Jesus' name. And what we need to grasp here is that the people that we are trying to reach need a Savior. And it's hard to say to somebody when they're being oppressed, You need a Savior. It's hard. If you don't believe me, go and try and say to somebody who is being oppressed by somebody else, the victim of circumstance, whatever it might be, go up to that person and say, you need a saviour. And they'll go, huh, what do you mean? You mean I need somebody to come and deal with my problem here? Let's think about some of the people that we might meet. Think about the homeless person, the person that we meet who is clearly in need, regardless of how they've found themselves in that place, in that position. That person, needs a saviour. But if you look at this picture, the person at the cash machine needs a saviour. The people who are rushing by so quickly that the camera can't catch them need a saviour. The man who's sitting on the floor needs a saviour. Everybody needs a saviour. Think about the person who is trafficked. Human trafficking is a massive, massive problem in our world today, massive issue. And it happens here in our community as well. How do you go to that person who's trafficked and say, you need a saviour? The saviour to them may be somebody who can rescue them out of that situation, which is why there are organisations like International Justice Mission and Hope for Justice who do this very thing. They have professional people who are able to break into these situations and free people. So the person who's trafficked needs a saviour. But the trafficker needs a Savior he Uses the trafficked person needs a Savior what about the people who come to the food bank the people who come to the food bank need a Savior don't they they need a Savior the people who are serving the food in the food bank also need a Savior the people who are donating food to the food bank need a Savior the people who are working in the food bank need a Savior I'm allowed to say, I'm allowed to say, Stuart is our latest employee of the food bank. (laughs) So, Stuart's gonna be working alongside uh, Martin in the warehouse and just kinda adding to that whole facility there uh, a new dimension to that. So well done, Stuart, congratulations on your new appointment. But the people who work in the food bank, the people who volunteer in the food bank, the people who come to receive food in the food bank, all need a savior. And it's hard to say to somebody when they're in that place, you need a savior. Yes, you need food, but you need a savior. Think about the old people who we go to visit in the homes, they need a savior. Don, you work in a home. Those people you work beside need a saviour. And I know that you tell them about things like that. Because I hear your stories. <laughs> Do you know, a few weeks ago, we were just chatting with some people in the church throughout the week. And just hearing the stories about how people are involved in reaching out to other people and sharing their story and sharing the gospel. I was just, in one week I had three different stories. I was like, this is fantastic. This is what it's all about. Telling people that they need a Savior. It was just wonderful. I was so encouraged by it. See, the reality is that we all need a Savior. When we win people for Jesus, it's when that person recognizes that the Savior died for me and is prepared to do something about it. The Savior died for me. This person called Jesus, who came as a baby at Christmas time as we celebrate it, he is a Savior who died for me and then as we grow in our faith we recognize actually this is a savior who died for everybody it's not just for me it's for other people as well therefore i need to go and tell people about jesus and what jesus has done for me how he's changed my life it's incredible but then we come to a place at the other end of the scale where we recognize that i need to die to myself. Wow, that's a hard bit, isn't it? Dying to self. In order to serve people in Jesus' name, we need to die to ourselves. We need to die to our own selfish ambition, lusts, passions, the things that we're after, the things that make us feel good. We need to die to those things in order to be the servants that Jesus calls us to be. I wonder, where do you fit in today? Are you at this side where somebody needs to reach you with a message and say, you need a Savior? Are you at the place where you've just went, actually, I recognize that Jesus has died for me and I'm gonna do something about that? Or are you a little bit further along where you're saying, actually, I need to go and tell people about this? Or are you at the place where you're ready to die to yourself and say actually not my will but yours be done in my life that's a hard thing to say it's a really hard thing to say because there are things that we need to lay aside in order to do that what does it say it says she will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name jesus because he will save his people from their sins that's what it's all about. That's what Christmas is about. It's about a Savior being born into the world. Somebody who would eventually challenge the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots, the Essenes, the peasants, he would challenge them all. That's what eventually got him killed on that cross because he challenged them. He said, I don't care how religious you look, you need a Savior. I don't care how good you are, you need a savior I don't care how poor and needy you are you need a savior every single person let's bow our heads let's close our eyes as we pray father we thank you for Christmas time we thank you that it reminds us year by year that Jesus came into the world to be our savior to die on our behalf ultimately to save us from our sins To give us a relationship with you through him and father we recognize that the relationships we enjoy with each other are really through christ it's him that connects us it's him that holds the body together and gives it life and meaning and purpose and father we recognize that for this church as well father that it's you through your son who brings us together who holds us together who knits us together who brings us into a relationship with yourself and father we just pray that this christmas time you would help us to be challenged by the thought that jesus came to save us to set us free to release from prison those who are captive and father just as i thought uh, in my prayer earlier about those who are held captive by thoughts lord i pray that again lord that you would bring freedom for every captive father that we would not be captive to our thoughts but that you would help us to take those thoughts and make them captive and just bring them to you. That the the thoughts, the negative thoughts, the destructive thoughts that are in our heads would become our prisoner and that we would make them subject to you and that you would come by your spirit and that you would give us the ability to do this. Father, we can't do these things in our own strength. The difficult conversations that we need to have, sometimes we rely on you to do that. And lord we pray that you'd help us to share this great news of a savior with our friends those who are in school with us college university the workplace in our family homes in our streets in our church father wherever it might be wherever we find ourselves lord help us to really lead into your presence father we just pray help us today to really hear your voice and just as every head is bowed and every eye is closed i just want to put that invitation out once again today that if you've never come to that place of accepting jesus as your lord and savior then today is the day to do that the bible says that today is the day of salvation today is the day not tomorrow because we're not guaranteed tomorrow today is the day of salvation and if you have never made that decision to invite jesus into your heart to allow him to be lord of your life then i just want you to stick up your hand today i'm going to pray for you we've got some things booklets information that we'd want to give to you and if that's you today then just pop your hand up and pop it back down and uh, i'll pray for you this morning anybody today okay if there's anybody in here today and I just felt as we were waiting uh, in prayer after the service here if if you're in a place where you have had thoughts which have been uh, getting hold of you things which have been getting into your heart and just getting a hold of you if you're in that place today then I want to pray for you and uh, really I would ask that everybody's got their eyes closed because it's a private moment for people if they respond to this If that's you, then pop your hand up, pop it back down, and we'll pray for you today. Anybody else? Anybody else? Father, for those who've responded to that today, Lord, I pray that you would break into their experience And father that that thought would be put into perspective of the king of universe father may that thought be put into the perspective of how incredibly massive and big you are and father i pray for these thoughts the things which have been getting hold of people lord that they would diminish that they would shrink and father that those thoughts would be held captive in you father that you would give people the wisdom to know how to pray and to hand that thought over to you and to stop allowing it to take control of their thinking and of their lives father we just pray for that to be a release today just a release in your spirit lord even now may your spirit come and just bring a freedom in people's hearts today father may there be just that that lifting off of the burden of the thing which has been holding people down and father we just pray that there be that infilling of your spirit today father Lord, may your spirit come and just fill those who've responded today. Father, may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And Father, we just pray over this congregation, over the coming days, weeks, and months, Father, that you would have your hand upon us, that you would lead and guide, that you would challenge, that you would... Uh, really speak into this congregation in ways that we can apprehend, understand, and put into practice in our lives. We ask this for your glory, and in Jesus' name, amen.